The composition, which began life 200 years ago as a Northern Irish Protestant marching song, normally comes first. But the deceased had left specific instructions that the order should be reversed. Indeed, not long before his death, he had personally helped splice the tape that was now playing to the congregation. Just last week, a couple of days before he passed on, he had summoned Boniface Rugiru, senior bar steward at the Tumaiga Club, to receive detailed instructions about the settlement of his estate and the disposal of his mortal remains. Word of the terms of the will had spread through Kariba like wildfire. The endowment was enough to cover the clinic's running costs for years. More than that, it was enough to cover the fees that would allow Mercy Mupanga to achieve her long-cherished ambition, to complete a diploma in public health. From his vantage point in the organ loft, Rugiru looked down on the congregation. There was not a seat to be had, he noted with satisfaction. A dozen or more street boys, displaying their appreciation of the deceased's insistence that they be given free dough balls to mark his passing, took up the best part of a row, scratching their intimate crevices with nonchalant indifference, peering at the rest of the gathering with befuddled curiosity. The distinctive smell of ripe boys, a powerful mixture of wood smoke and burnt tyres, acrid sweat and a whiff of bang, made those who were sitting downwind wrinkle their noses, while those who were upwind gave thanks for their good fortune. One boy stood out among the fidgeters, however, sitting immobile but for a forefinger that constantly traced the left orb of his nose, his eyes fixed on a bull-necked man wearing the mayoral chain of office, staring at the back of his head with single-minded intensity. "'Oh, hissed a woman in her forties, sitting a few feet from the boy. "'Behave!' Boniface Rugiru took out his handkerchief, wiped beads of sweat from his brow, and shifted in the chair that would normally be occupied by the organist. To his delight and relief, the makeshift system that connected the radio to a tape recorder and onto the speakers, operated by switches on a panel in front of him, had passed its initial test. Rugiru, an imposing figure in his freshly pressed uniform of bow-tie, black jacket and trousers, the club committee had given him permission to wear the outfit off-premises, loosened his collar. It was too early to relax, but for the first time since that painful evening at the club, he dared to hope that he would successfully discharge the heavy responsibilities placed on his shoulders by his old friend. He stopped holding his breath and inadvertently let out a strained noise, somewhere between a moan of satisfaction and a cry of triumph, which carried to the front rows of the packed congregation sitting below him. What a turnout! Under one roof, the movers and shakers of the slum called Kariba had come together, Clarence Results Modenge, proprietor of the Clean Blood Clinic, source of sound advice and dispenser of herbal potions, sat next to his friend Philemon Agata, whose passport to heaven funeral parlour was doing a thriving trade. Modenge took out the cloth he carried for the purpose and wiped his eye. Were he not in church, he would have removed it altogether and given it a good rub. Dust and glass eye did not go together. Ogata coughed, a racking, persistent cough, disquietingly similar to the one from which his late wife Beatrice had suffered in the months before her death. Alongside Ogata sat Mildred Kigali, devoted wife of Didymus, house steward by profession, 
senior elder of the Church of the Blessed Lamb by vocation. Two septuagenarians who were pillars of their community, Charity Mupanga, owner and manager of Harrods International Bar and Night Spot, a well-known eating house on the edge of Kariba, sat at the end of the bench, keeping a maternal eye on the street boys. She looked up towards the organ loft, concern and compassion on her face, and turned to a middle-aged white man alongside her. Edward Furniver, manager of the Kariba People's Cooperative Bank, whispered in her ear, giving her hand a squeeze as he did so. Some distinguished outsiders were also present. Mrs. Bunty Benton, chief housekeeper at State House for as long as anyone could remember, had firmly turned down Rugiru's invitation to take a place in the front row. Instead, she sat at the back, next to the young army officer who had escorted her to her seat. Boniface Rugiro bowed his head and resumed his prayers for the...